0: Everybody is having a wonderful, beautiful, fantastic, amazing Wednesday. Some call it hump day. I call it just another day. They're all days. Once you get older, there's no such thing as a weekend. But Mondays are not Mondays. I take that back. Monday does feel like a Monday. You get back to work and it's awful. But then by Wednesday, Thursday, you feel like it's the weekend already. So I don't know. Once you get older, things are crazy. But it is Wednesday, August 12th. Thank you for joining Edge of URC Podcast. I am your host, Brandon LaChance. This is episode 97. The guest today is Justin Jacobson, basketball coach. He is now with Mendota Boys basketball team. This past year was his first year. If we have basketball this year, will be a second. I say if, but hopefully it's a strong if. I want to see basketball. I want to see sports of all kinds. But i keep saying if to just not get too excited i think we've been doing that waiting for these days that people say like hey it's going to be over here we're going to be able to do this then we're going to be here there all this other stuff it hasn't happened the entire time so i'm trying not to get too psyched up too hyped about anything because as we've noticed or as we found out anything can be stopped anything can be canceled anything can be moved anything can be rescheduled Anything can happen at any time. So, I just say if, just to not get too excited. I am not trying to be a downer by any means. I want sports. I want basketball to be played. I want Justin Jacobson to be on the sideline of Mendota Trojans boys basketball. No doubt. We talk a little bit about everything. Known him for a while around the world of basketball, I guess. And our career paths have kind of been on the similar... Similar scale. We both have been making moves and career changes, job changes, almost at the same times. It's kind of been weird, but it's been cool too. Cause he's a good dude. I like to think that he thinks I'm a good dude. Oh yeah, we're buddies. We're buddies. But it's cool too. I guess to say like, hey, remember when you were doing this? Oh yeah, that's when you were doing that, and that's exactly what's happened. I left the paper. He left IVCC. We went and tried to go over. He tried to go overseas to China, do things with NBA, kind of an NBA scout, sorta of, kind of, or like a university of basketball. I think that's more correct. Is kind of like a university to teach foreigners how to play the United States game. While I tried to go to Texas and pick up a different newspaper gig and try to do other things in my life, and then we both ended up back here in short time frames. Doing what we do. He's at Mendota, coaching the Trojans. And I'm very happy for him. For the Trojans. I think it's a good pairing. Like I said, we talk about everything. Not going to say much more because then I'm spoiling it. Don't want to do that. So let's get to a few things before we kick it to Coach Jacobson. And we'll start with a word from the sponsors. Throughout the COVID-19 quarantine and just being around your house more than you usually are. Sure you've noticed some things that could be fixed, that could be updated, that could be renovated. Whether it's a light fixture or an entire kitchen remodel, Olson Construction is here to help. The family owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty. Olson Construction specializes in roofing, siding, windows, doors, deck designs, remodels, garage additions, and room additions. Owner Keith Miles has been in construction for over 10 years and is willing and able to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction, which is fully licensed and insured at 815 910-5982. Olson Construction can also be contacted on Facebook at the Olson Construction LLC page or via email, olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. I have not talked about wrestling in a little while. After the Wrestlemania edition with my friend and co-worker at the local newspaper, Jared Bell, haven't really talked on wrestling. not going to break down new stuff. I have not watched new current wrestling, like a Raw or a Smackdown or a pay-per-view, as it's live or going on in quite some time quite some time. I couldn't even tell you when the last time that has happened besides Wrestlemania and I had no idea, storylines, no idea what was going on. I watched Wrestlemania and Royal Rumble. That was it. But I will always have a soft spot, a passion for old-school wrestling and maybe one day you know with the WWE Network I'll catch up and, and watch to where we're at now. Who knows? I know it happened a little while ago but my man, The Undertaker, retiring I am looking at A WWE action figure Right now, of The Undertaker From, I'm going to say about 98 To classic superstars I say 98 because that's how he's dressed Like how he was in 98 Maybe even before that, we'll say like 96-ish But that's my childhood The Undertaker started 1990 1990, I'm 5 years old Very into wrestling, right then Didn't really start like paying attention and getting to know it, know it till I was probably like eight or nine. But at that time, Undertaker was one of the biggest names, most awesome superstars, whether he was a good guy or a bad guy, you just love The Undertaker. His introduction, his music, his walk to the ring is iconic. My favorite of all time. Boom. Boom. Soon as you hear that, you know it's him. You know. The lights go dark, everybody's ah, ah, gasping, whether it's, you know, scared of him or happy that it's him. It is fantastic. I am so lucky that I got to see that in person a couple times. Not just see it, but feel it. Like the whole stadium, the whole arena, wherever you're at, just changes. It is one of those things that you have to be there to just feel it, to feel the emotion going through as soon as he walks down. And I'm going to say 85, 90, 96% of the people in that place never met Undertaker. Never talked to him. Never shook his hand. Never had a conversation with him. But, watching him on TV. Back in the day, reading stories about him or his matches in wrestling magazines. You felt him. You felt his character. And that's what I loved about him. It was amazing. So many different memories talk about Undertaker and his best matches. Of course you talk about the Hell in a Cell with Mankind. Throws mankind off of the cell, onto a table. Mankind gets stretchered out, gets off the stretcher, comes back. I believe it's a choke slam through the top of the hell in the cell to the ring. Then he gets power bombed on tax. Sorry if I'm not saying the right moves. I believe that's what happens. It's been a few years since I've seen this match. Gets power bombed on thumbtacks when he was choke slammed through the top of the Hell in the Cell, to the mat. His tooth pops out and is in his nose, bleeding everywhere, pretty much concussed. Oh, he is concussed, there's no doubt. It was just so epic. And it's not even really a great match. Like there's no like technical moves or anything like that. It is just so ridiculous action and that somebody would put their life through that for a paycheck for a job for you to watch as a fan that it is that iconic like nobody forgets that match you talk about undertaker and yes i said that match first i don't know many people that say another match before that match like that's the one and he's had other ones he had the hell in the Cell with Shawn michaels great match Tons of WrestleMania matches that we could all talk about, all of them. He had the crazy long WrestleMania streak, and it was well-deserved. He had some great matches with a lot of great, iconic wrestling superstars in their own right. He fought the Shawn Michaels. He fought the Steve Austins, the Ric Flairs, the Canes, obviously. All these guys that are in the Hall of Fame or will be in the Hall of Fame. He's fought them all. All of them. The Dusty Rhodes. Teddy Biasi. I could keep going and going and going and going. The Royal Rumble casket match with Yokozuna. Still groundbreaking. He got jumped by about 17 people because that was how many it was going to take. So I am glad that I grew up when I did and got to kind of grow up with The Undertaker. I was really scared of him at times. But then at other times, he was the favorite, the best. Wrestler that I wanted to watch also because I can't forget about this one Bret Hart is probably my favorite wrestler of all time. So 98 SummerSlam Bret Hart and Undertaker for the title Undertaker is the champ. Shawn Michaels is the guest referee tries to hit Bret with the chair hits Undertaker The way that match plays out even without the ending is just such great storytelling and what I really liked about wrestling. So I will never forget that match either. Never, never, never. Kamala, rest in peace. While I grew up loving The Undertaker, who for a while was a villain. He came out as a villain. Kamala was right there too. I mean, he's a little older. He was wrestling in the 80s. He had monster feuds with Hulk Hogan and other top baby faces. He had a casket match with The Undertaker. So it's sad to see that he passed what I've understood from other podcasts, and I've heard him talk on podcasts, that he was a really good guy, very kind-hearted, somebody that other wrestlers liked to work with. So it's sad to hear. I know he had had crazy health problems. He passed away with no legs. Both of his legs were taken away from health problems. So hopefully he's in a better place. Thank you for entertaining me and making me hate you as a kid. So although everybody loves the Hulk Hogans and the John Cena's and the Stings and the Ric Flair's while they're good guys, I say while they're good guys because Ric Flair is probably better as a heel, always, but I've always had a fascination with the villains too because for the most part they're acting. Yes, they're athletes. Yes, wrestling is not really a sport even though you have to be athletic and have to do athletic things, but they're acting for the most part. For this kind-hearted guy to come off like one of the biggest villains and kind of like a boogeyman that little kids didn't want to be around or see or scared of when he came on the TV, that's awesome on their part. They were able to give you that character, to give you that feel of a villain when they're not a villain. So that's awesome working, acting, whatever you want to call it on his part. And again, rest in peace. Thank you for also being part of my childhood. Can't go without mentioning the Blackhawks game last night. I'm watching it. First period goes by. No score. 0-0. Watch the first couple minutes or a minute or so. And then I'm like, hey, go use the restroom. Grab a glass of iced tea. I come back into the room, and it's 2-1. Like nothing. Vegas scores two goals. Blackhawks try to answer. And that's it for the Blackhawks. End up losing 4-1. Blackhawks goalkeeper Corey Crawford was having some issues in the goal. He had one bounce off his shoulder, goes up in the air, into the net. He had one that went by him and he was just a little slow. Should have put out his glove a little further, just whiffed on it. You are a better seasoned goalie. He didn't look like it last night. He really, really didn't. Hopefully they can turn it around. That was game one of the official first round of the playoffs. Blackhawks fall. 4-1 to the Vegas Golden Knights I know it's gonna to be tough. Blackhawks of the 12th seed just give us a good show. If you're gonna lose even four straight lose 3-2. 2-1. Two, two, give us some fight. Give us some determination. Don't want to see a bunch of 4-1 blowouts. Vegas is a big team. Most of their studs, their stars that you want to see play are big physical players. And I don't know if the Chicago Blackhawks finesse game of hockey is going to be a favor for them here. I wish it was. I would love to see the Blackhawks continue to shock the world, but I don't know if that's going to happen. We will be back on Friday with a Edge of Your podcast episode with Dave Garsha, former baseball coach and athletic director of at Putnam County. He has been a different... Schools, colleges, including Parkland College, Western Carolina, and now he is at Southwestern Illinois College, coaching out there, and he's loving being back in the JUCO world. We will get to that conversation on Friday, so please come back. Don't know where you listen to this one, or where you plan to listen to the future ones, but you can catch them, Spotify, Apple Music iTunes, and Google Music can also find out what's going on with Edge of Your Seat Podcast on social media, Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Facebook, and Edge of Your Seat P on Twitter. If you got any questions, suggestions, or want to give us a shout out, talk to us, whatever, anything you want. You can also send an email, edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. Special shout out to Brian Cavelli who created the intro and outro beats. Well, that's enough for me. So let's get to Justin Jacobson. Until next time, peace. Lots of things have been going on in the world. That is for sure. COVID-19, coronavirus, still here. Still, you know, affecting all our lives. But it doesn't affect re- friendships, talking to good friends, that you have built relationships with. I got one with me right here. Justin Jacobson, head coach of Mendota Boys Basketball. How you doing, my friend?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Trying to stay afloat with everything going on. How are you? I'm
0: doing all right, man. You contacted me. it was like, man, we need to talk. I'm like, we kind of both thought at the same time, like, how about a podcast? Why not?
1: Right. It just kind of worked. Like, hey, what you been up to? Hey, let's just record it. <laughs> <laughs> let's just
0: press that button. We'll be okay. Yeah. Definitely. So let's jump right into it. I mean, what have you been doing during this crazy time? I mean, you know, school was canceled. Then there was a summer <laughs> kids kind of got a weird graduation you know sports were canceled state tournaments canceled you know we were quarantined then there's masks going into restaurants and well, restaurants and bars were closed and then you have to wear masks to go into Walmart and then things started to let up. Bars and restaurants were reopened. First it was curbside pickup and then it was, you can go in and eat and then now it's slowly starting to, you know, we're locking back up. So what have yeah. you been doing through this crazy time?
1: Well, you said it all right there in about 30 seconds with everything that's changing and ever changing. It's just kind of, been hectic so I guess if we go all the way back to the start of COVID-19 or you know whatever you want to call it you know they took away basically everything I did I was a teacher I was a coach and I went and worked out and everything right out of the gate closed so I found a whole bunch of random house projects to do and that's kind of what I've been doing I've also been doing a lot of self self-help when it comes to coaching purposes i did a lot of online clinics i've made a lot of online contacts just trying to better myself for whatever the situation we're in right now in terms of you know house products projects i painted the side of my house replanted new shrubs and got rid of some old trees and you know just random things that we feel need to be done and now's the time to do them That's pretty much what I've been doing. Uh, Now that everything has been open, you know, I've just been uh, holding on to whatever the IHSA tells us and trying to get as much in as I can. You've got to rewind this
0: real quick. So are you like the male version of Martha Stewart right now?
1: Uh, You know what? No, she cooks better than I do. But, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, I'm just trying to stay busy and stay active because if I don't, you know, you just go crazy
0: definitely and i'm sure you pay your taxes
1: of course i pay my taxes okay. how, how has that been going for you my friend
0: <laughs> well for me personally okay but as you know working a bank and with tax time and you know there's very I, I don't even want to say it's a murmur like the gossip of there being a second stimulus check it's going to happen so everybody's Getting accounts ready and making sure that the money that they can get is going to be where they can find it because a lot of people had issues with you know, dormant accounts or don't have a checking account or a savings account and people were not getting the money when they thought they were going to get it. So now everybody is trying to do it all at the same time. So I have been a very, very, very busy man.
1: Yes, you are what you would call an essential worker. In this time of need. Oh yeah. We got uh, <laughs> and we got
0: the uh essential worker PPE uniforms too. We got the face shields on the desk. We got mandated yesterday morning to wear masks at all times. So yeah, it is it is happening. It is full almost an apocalyptic movie scene out here.
1: It really is and, and that's what you see, you know? We don't have to get too much into politics because we just want to have fun and talk to each other, but, you know, just everybody do their part. Whatever needs to be done to keep everybody safe.
0: Definitely, definitely. I also want to go back to this Martha Stewart thing. Not calling Martha Stewart, but that's the best way to describe it.
1: Yes, go ahead. Before this, would you call yourself
0: a handyman or did you kind of have to learn on the fly?
1: Uh, I am not what you would call a handyman at all. What I like to paint, that one I could always do, but, you know, the... The power tools, per se, is not really my forte. You know, I don't know how many people remember the old Home Improvement Show, but, you know, I'm kind of like Tim Allen. I was just going to bring it up. While you
0: were talking, I was thinking
1: about Tim, the tools, and Taylor. It always gets done, but there might be a bigger hole in the wall at the end.
0: Or the the saw flies (laughs) through the fence or whatever.
1: Right. Or gluing your head to a board. You know, things like that happen. It's okay.
0: Uh, That's great that you said that because that's exactly what I was
1: thinking. (laughs) You know, but it works, you know, we got, you know, the house is looking good, the new shrubs are looking good. Did some landscaping and going to put in a sidewalk here a little bit. and You know, just random things need to be done. So the last few
0: years, I mean, now you're at Mendota, but you kind of bounced around a little bit, different coaching jobs, being in different places. Where are you located now? Do you have a home in Mendota?
1: Well, I live in Peru, drive to Mendota for practices, for soccer and basketball, um, and then yes. if we get O.D.O.K. Okay to open, I'll be teaching at Peru Catholic again for the second year.
0: You were teaching there last year, you said, right?
1: Correct. If we get the OK, we can do it again.
0: <laughs> and how was that experience? I mean, that was your first year there, kind of getting in the the gist of things as a teacher.
1: Uh, you know what it went well i had a great support system in my coworkers and the administration at crew Traffic, so any question or any hiccup that might have been you know was easily resolved so it was kind of just like stepping into it and you know coaching and teaching is very similar to each other you know you're just teaching a different subject so it seemed to work out okay and well enough to where they invited me back so That's a plus, right? Yeah,
0: I mean, it's always awesome to get that invite to come back, no doubt.
1: Right, so, well, good for us.
0: So, I mean, you know, you start that teaching job last year. You start coaching with Mendota, same time. How was the transition of picking up two new gigs and kind of starting a new life? I mean, these are career moves. How was it for
1: you? You know what, it was really kind of... uh okay. Like, everything kind of seemed pretty fluid. There was no real clunky or bumps in the road. It was just like, this is what I'm going to do now. And if you hit it with the right attitude and you hit it full head of steam, I think that's pretty much par for the course on any endeavor. I mean, look at you, you switched over careers as much as I have over the last couple of years. So yeah, there's definite little hiccups, but other than that, if you hit it with a good attitude. I can't imagine that. We can't figure it out. And, yeah, was it different not being, I guess, collegiately coaching this year and making that my job? Definitely. But I just filled it with other things, you know? Coaching high school and teaching worked just fine until COVID.
0: Right, right. That, That COVID thing, it's like the giant elephant in the room. It's all right. That one COVID thing. You mentioned, you know, coaching in college you came to mendota from michigan Michigan. dearborn so talk about that move i mean we kind of discussed it last time but you know it was before you really stepped into the mendota job we talked kind of like a preview of the season and then talk about how you know with high schoolers instead of college athletes the difference in you know the adjusting that you had to do
1: So I guess the biggest adjustment was from assistant to head coach. Uh, I had head coaching experience, but never over an entire program. So to understand, I guess, budgeting and different, you know, parental permission slips that didn't have to happen when we were in college. And then working with freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors, and trying to get everybody all 30 or so of them 40 or so of them on the same page is something i've never had to do before uh that was probably the biggest adjustment but with the staff i inherited and the administration at mendota it seemed to be a really easy transition because i got a lot of help from the people who were on the inside and who was there previously other than that you know coaching's coaching whether you're at Junior high, high school, or college, you know, you're still trying to put the kids in the best position to win. I guess the biggest difference is, you know, college kids are better. You have to take a step back and, and be prepared for that, right? You have to do more teaching in high school than you do in college. But overall, I think it was fine and turned out to be a pretty good transition, in my opinion. But what about you? How was your first year coaching with IVCC? it was definitely
0: interesting it was a uh, definitely an experience i want to say about four or five years ago i was an assistant coach for a little league team with 10 11 year olds did that for two seasons other than that really didn't have any coaching experience i mean i've been watching playing you know reporting on sports for so long and i feel i'm kind of a student of the game and i know things but never was in that coaching role, so yes. I really didn't step in as a coach. I kind of stepped in as sort of like an apprentice to say the truth. I watched head coach Josh Norman, paid attention to everything he said, and just watched how he ran drills, what he would say on the sidelines, uh, strategies. I kind of just sat back and watched a lot. Tried to take it all in? Oh yeah, tried to take it all in and just, and just learn. I figured, You know, I'm assistant, not getting paid, it's a volunteer position, but he knew I wanted to get into that role, so he pulled out an olive branch and like, hey, you want to come be on the sideline? And, you know, kind of, he didn't say learn from him, but he knew that's kind of what was happening. And it was a pretty awesome dynamic. The players on the team were very cool to be around. I talked to them all the time. More, like I said, I really wasn't coaching. I was kind of just you know feeling the environment and getting in there but it was cool to you know step aside and be like hey you know you're being really aggressive right here you see you're attacking and you know i give them little mentor or or, uh, not mentorship but a little tips and little advice here to keep going and sometimes they listen to me and it felt good to they'd be like hey you know you're right and that was pretty cool you look at
1: it from a different perspective than he does you know so and they all matter right? So maybe what you say is the exact same thing he says, just in a different tone, different way, and it registers better with the girls, right? You don't
0: know. Definitely. And that's why there is more than one coach because there's Basketball is so fast. There are things happening, movements of defense, screens that you know, are on the other side of the court that maybe one coach didn't see that the other one does, or you're right. noticing intangibles of how a player plays, and, you know, hey, if you see that, they're only going left hand or they're doing the same dribble move here. Some people are not noticing that. Well, another guy will, and that's why you have a team of coaches.
1: Correct, and the dynamic with head coach, assistant coach, and other coaches – is, you know, you want to be kind of give and take. You want the guy in charge that makes the decisions to be open to what the assistant coaches are saying and then have the assistant coaches be open to saying something. You know, so it goes hand in hand. When I was an assistant, my job was to make the head coach's job as easy as possible. And that's what I look for when I'm a head coach. I want the assistants to do things to make my job easy so that they can succeed as well. That. So, you know, we're all on the same page. Yeah, and it was really yeah. co- cool
0: actually working with Josh. Like, a, he was a head coach for Putnam County, and then he was an assistant for IVCC <laughs> Men's. So, you know, i had been around him a lot as a, he was a coach, I'm a reporter mode. So working together and being kind of like partners was a lot of fun. Oh, I bet. I bet that just made it so much
1: fun for everybody involved and, you know, you got to learn on the fly basically, you know, throw you to the Lions then and
0: see what happens which is a good way to learn Unfortunately, with junior college women's basketball everything is so early like the games or buses leaving with my job not getting off till 4 or 5, I couldn't be at as much as I wanted to, hopefully if we can get a season going here, things will change around a little bit, but yeah everything
1: is so early So early. Bus time, right? Because you guys are playing the early game. They never switch boys, girls. So you're in it. And
0: it sucks for the guy who has to have another job. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Especially, yeah. You can't be at everything and try to make as much as you can. But like I said, it's never enough. Oh, never enough. Never enough. It was awesome again working with Josh because he was pretty cool about everything. Yeah,
1: and that's great. He understands, right? He's probably been in that situation too.
0: Sure he has. He's been around basketball for a long time. Yeah. Well, what we hope—I mean, I was trying to find a good transition for this, but today is July 28th, and Governor Pritzker made an announcement or has made statements about how you know they're probably—he hasn't said IHSA is canceling fall sports or that it's completely over, but. The comments that he has made pretty much seems like it's over for fall. It,
1: it definitely seems to be trending in that direction. I mean, it comes up at soccer practice once a day, maybe more, if we're going to have a season. And we just try to be as positive as we can. With head coach Nick Myers and I, it's, we'll take it in stride. And if we have to wait until spring to defend our regional, then that's what we'll do. But as long as we can get something in... If they don't cancel the fall sports and just move the fall sports, I think every everybody will be okay with it. There will be some outliers that are cranky and upset, and that's rightfully so, but safety first. You know, if you, if you really are doing it for the kids and the safety first, then nobody's really going to complain.
0: True. Sometimes we just got to adapt, even if it's stuff we don't right. want to adapt to.
1: Right. Agree or not, you know, you can agree or not, it doesn't matter whatever the world says we have to do, you know, we have to do. And it does sound like, you know, Pritzker's comments make it seem less and less likely that there is false sports. Yeah, it's just crazy how
0: the world is going. And I know if you get on Facebook, everybody's making comments about, oh, don't live in fear, or, you know, it's like a socialism, society, and like everything. But I mean, if you think about it, All we really want is to keep our people healthy and try to live as best as we can. But, you know, you you do have to adapt. You can't keep everything the same and think that this virus is going to just stop. It
1: hasn't gone away yet. It's not going to. We have to learn to live with it somehow. And if everybody does their part to make sure everybody's safe, then it's okay. And I don't know. Whatever you, however you fall on the political spectrum is your own business. But let's just... Take care of each other. I mean, that's all
0: we can do. Speaking of taking care of each other, take care of your family, your friends, and yourself. Speaking of, it sounds like you've had a good time going on some vacays.
1: Yes, I have had some vacation time. You know, we alluded to uh, me being a teacher earlier, which means I actually had a summer for the first time that I didn't have a job. I tell you what, I enjoyed every little bit of it. So I... First, I went to Florida before they did the the kind of Corona, COVID shutdown of the bars and restaurants and and beaches. That's currently going on in Florida now. And then right after that, I got in a car with my family and we went to a cabin in Minnesota and just did some fishing and enjoyed each other's company in, you know, the great wide open. So we tried to relax and stay safe and it was a good battery recharger for me.
0: Awesome. And it sounds like if you're the cabin in the woods and in great wide open, you were away from the craziness that's been going on in the city in Minnesota, Minneapolis with, you know, the officer killing somebody yes. and then the protesting and the, and the things that are going on there.
1: Yes. We were very far away from the craziness that was going on in Minnesota throughout the summer and thankfully so because I just wanted to take some time and do some fishing and spend some time with family and friends and play bags and you know play cards and things that you just
0: kind of take for granted when you're going 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 all the time. Now since you just said two cool things we have to dive into this fishing what is the coolest whether it's the biggest or just looks the coolest, what's the best fish that you ever caught in your mind?
1: Ever caught? Yes. The best fish that I ever caught was in Minnesota, and it was called a tulabee. And I've never heard of it before, and I've caught it once, and then we catch it probably once a year, it seemed like. And it is just a big, old, prehistoric, gross-looking fish. But, since I've never seen it before when I caught it, it was definitely the coolest fish I've caught.
0: Does it got, like, the fanged teeth and, like, the hairy whiskers and stuff? Um, no. No, not like catfish
1: or, like, a bullhead. Although those are definitely gross to catch as well. Um, this is more in the, like, the family of the gar or the pike, where it's the longer kind of snout with the spiky teeth. But it's really flat on the bottom some really cool
0: colors when you take it out of the water and put it in the sun nice nice that sounds cool i have never yeah. heard of that fish either but that's pretty cool
1: yeah and, and you know what i haven't caught one in any other place than minnesota so i don't know you know i don't know anything about it i just like to fish
0: <laughs> <laughs> where are some other places that you went fishing
1: i try to find anywhere in illinois that'll go uh you know we'll go to lakes i take trips down to peoria or Shabana go to the Quad Cities, every once in a while I'll fish the canal here locally, just for fun, you know, it's just quiet time and relaxation (laughs) time, wherever anybody wants to go is where I'll go.
0: What level of fisherman would you call yourself, are you a novice, are you an expert, are you somewhere in the middle?
1: The term we coined actually this year on vacation with the family is, I consider myself a professional amateur, (laughs) I'm, (laughs) I'm a professional amateur.
0: Uh, that's awesome.
1: Cause I don't fish nearly enough to be a professional, but I fish a little bit more than a beginner.
0: There we go. Makes sense. Makes sense. What was the other
1: thing we needed to dive into after fishing? Cause uh. I mentioned cards and bags and...
0: Y- you mentioned bags and I've been playing bags for a very, very, very long time. I'm not going to say I'm any good because I'll go where like I play every day for like three months. And then i won't play for quite a while so, right, so
1: you're a summer bags player
0: oh yeah definitely a summer bags yeah. player that's all i do in the summers no doubt about that have you ever got a four bagger
1: yes yes i have
0: how many not many i think i can count on one hand i think
1: i have two and, i have two and, and one of them was aided like it wasn't a four bagger clean it was hanging in the hole And then the other person knocked me in. That doesn't matter. It's still four bags. One of them. I said one of them. It still counts as a four bagger. It's still four bags in the
0: hole, is it not? It totally is. It counts. But it's
1: not a clean one. It's it's a lot less fun.
0: (laughs) I mean, if you're swishing bags for a four-bagger, you need to be doing something else with your life than playing bags. Correct. And I'm nowhere near that level.
1: When we're allowed to see each other and not social distance, we can we can get a game going.
0: Oh, we'll have to, no doubt. Well, Justin, I want to thank you for joining Edge of Your
1: Seat podcast.
0: We talked about a wide spectrum of things. I appreciate your time, man.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, it's always fun talking to you, and it's even sometimes it's even more fun putting the recorder in front of it and seeing what we come up with.
0: Yeah, I mean we kind of like blueprinted, sorta. Of. We're like, hey, we'll talk about this, we'll talk about this. But honestly, when we put the record, when we hit the record button, it kind of just like free ranged, wherever. Right,
1: and that's you know, but that's what friends are supposed to do, right? Pick up right, like you never left off with no agenda and I speak.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much what happened, my friend. I appreciate it, bro. I appreciate you. Thank you. I love
1: what you're doing, and hopefully, it slows down a little bit for you. Once all these taxes come through, and (laughs) who knows?
0: (laughs) Definitely. Hopefully we get some sports back. We did not talk about MLB or NBA, but, you know, MLB's had some games, but we already had that break, the outbreak with the Miami Marlins, 12 players, two coaches, suspended a couple games. I think we're going to see more of that until they shut it down. But
1: I have a strange feeling the Major League Baseball season is coming to a is coming to a halt shortly, and that's upsetting because, you know, it was finally nice to have some, some baseball on TV. It felt
0: like summer again. Oh, man, that was awesome. <laughs> was, we got at least a few games, and they might play for a few more days, but we'll see.
1: We'll see how it happens. We'll see what everybody tells us
0: see this is another thing that friends do or family where you say you're gonna say goodbye and then you keep talking you bring something else up that always happens
1: well well, yeah right like oh i gotta go 15 minutes later we're still sitting there hanging out talking about something new that we forgot about you know (laughs) you reference the nba it seems like the bubble's doing okay i don't know
0: maybe they can take major league baseball to montana that wouldn't be a bad idea.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's like no cases out that way. True.
0: They could all play in Colorado.
1: Right. There's play, you know, sit in a bubble in Colorado. You're fine. I Everybody mean, will hit home runs because of the elevation. I feel
0: bad for the state because I always pick on it, but go to Nebraska. Nobody even lives there. You might as well play baseball.
1: Right. I agree. I don't, I don't hate on Nebraska, but it's a whole bunch of flat nothing.
0: Nebraska all the time and don't even mean to it just
1: happens yeah it's just well we're from Illinois it's yeah. what you know <laughs> we're a lion i not corn huskers true and <laughs> you can tell and you can
0: tell we're from here because we say Illinois I always get picked on because it's like it's ill-annoy <laughs> <laughs> we say it like it's got an e. well, I like it like that it's Illinois
1: it's Illinois phonetically doesn't matter it's Illinois yeah
0: we're from here we can say what we want
1: exactly right and if we want to put an s on the end of it and make some hell noise we can
0: uh, i get ballsy and do that every once in a while
1: every once in a while it comes out that way as well like we're just trying to make some noise
0: definitely definitely well thanks again my friend we will definitely talk soon
1: for sure thanks man